Hello, my dears. You're listening to episode three of White Stag Conversations, the personal growth podcast where spirit and science meet for your best self and optimal health. I'm your host and NLP coach, Natasha, and today we're talking about self-care. Now, originally, I had penciled this episode in to be a deeper dive into what NLP is and how it works and why it's so effective, but given the tension here in North America with the chaos happening in the States and parts of Canada going into an enforced lockdown, I kind of felt like self-care was a bit more pressing. At least it has been for me. Anyone on social media in the last 12 months is probably very familiar with the term self-care, but let's look at what it actually means from a mental health perspective, because as much as it's a vital part of mental and physical, emotional, and spiritual health, it can actually cross the line into being self-harm, and it often does. So when you think of self-care, the first image you likely conjure up is enjoying a face mask in a luxurious bubble bath while drinking wine and binging Netflix. And yeah, some days that's exactly what we need, but that's not it in its entirety. So don't be fooled into thinking your next at-home pedicure is going to solve all of your problems. Sometimes self-care freaking sucks. You're having a down day or a high anxiety day and it would be so much easier and so much nicer to just roll over and go back to sleep and leave the world for another day. But are you actually looking after yourself by doing this? Be honest. Before self-care had a trendy name, I would often coax myself into doing things by treating myself as I would a child. When stuck with a choice between this or that, I would consider which one my mom would choose for me. Or which would I choose for my own child? A perfect example of this is when I have little to no appetite. Not eating seems like an option, but logically I know that's not sustainable. So do I grab a few handfuls of dry cereal and call it a day? Or do I put a little extra effort into making a healthier snack like crackers or veggies and hummus? Maybe some smashed avocado toast if you're feeling fancy. Something that's relatively easy to put together or grab out of the cupboard with minimal energy and effort. But you know that those healthy fats, good plant-based fibers and proteins are going to do a lot more for your body than half a bag of chips, even if that's what you really want. Or in my case, it would be a full bag of chocolate chips. Self-care is more about doing something that your future self will thank you for instead of choosing avoidance every time, because that's a snowball that keeps rolling down a very dangerous slope. Trust me. A blog called The Brown Perfection spelled it out perfectly when she said, self-care isn't just about being the best for you. It's about creating that better version of yourself so that you can engage with and deal with other human beings in your life in a healthy capacity. Avoidance of situations and difficult emotions is not self-care. Self-reflection and working on some of the negative habits and beliefs that are ultimately harming you, admittedly, can be very uncomfortable. But you're the one who has to live with you for the rest of your life, right? So why not do the work to make life for future you a little better? Now, I'm not up on my soapbox to make your life more difficult. I'm also not dismissing your emotions, feelings, and the physical symptoms that come with mental illness and bad days. 
I've been there. I know it. Sometimes we do need a crash day, and that's fine. But when there's too many in a row, that's when it gets messy. You are worthy of the love and the care that it takes to move through the rough patches, and sometimes that means doing the more difficult tasks to make life a little easier in the long run. The self-care posts that are all about curling up with some tea, a good book, and a cozy blanket aren't wrong. The suggestions to take a hot bubble bath with some candles and spa music aren't misguided. But if you believe or choose to believe that it stops there, then we might be dealing with a bigger problem. I've seen the term toxic positivity thrown around when discussing support systems and the hashtag good vibes only momentum. Toxic positivity is the minimization or outright dismissal of real human emotion in favor of an overgeneralized blanket optimistic state. Now hear me out. I deeply understand the power of thought and energy vibrations and choosing to focus on the good instead of the yucky. However, like anything done to excess, when it's used to deny or invalidate our emotional experiences, it becomes toxic. And yes, we can and absolutely will do this to ourselves. If you're into personal growth and self-help, then you understand how absolutely cruel our inner voices can be sometimes. And if that inner voice is telling you to stay positive or to stuff down the uncomfortable emotion or in any way trying to shame or invalidate your emotional experience, then it needs to be addressed. And if it's not you doing this to yourself, but someone in your support system, whether it be a family member or a friend, then that needs to be addressed as well. These changes won't happen overnight. There are likely some beliefs knocking around in there giving that voice power, but it's something that needs to be worked on for sure. I happen to know a coach who isn't afraid of the sometimes messy parts of the human experience. Some of the signs of toxic positivity can be dismissing emotions or trying to just get on with it or just get over it. It's also feeling guilty about how you're feeling or shaming yourself or others for expressing anything other than positivity. Using the perspective of it could be worse is another one. And oh boy, don't even get me started on that one. It will be another episode in itself. That is so harmful. But how do we deal with toxic positivity? Be realistic and remember that it truly is okay not to be okay. Social platforms love to hype the perfect life and positive vibes only, so it's also good to start recognizing those toxic positivity messages that imply optimism and positivity are the only choice. So now what? I've given you a lot to think about, I'm sure, and I maybe even pissed on a few parades. So here are some action steps. In regards to self-care, start to review your routines. What behaviors or habits do you turn to when you're seeking comfort? Be honest with yourself about if they're truly self-care or if they risk becoming problematic. If you find that you're teetering on the fine line between self-care and self-harm, Maybe come up with a list of helpful tasks. This way, the next time you find yourself seeking comfort or needing a little self-care me time, you're not stuck resorting to old habits because you'll have a list to refer to. 
This list could include journaling or journal prompts that help you work through what you're feeling. And that is work through what you're feeling, not work to ignore it. I also like mindless housework and I find dishes are great because a messy kitchen is overwhelming in a million different ways, but I know I can turn on a podcast or some dance music and hot water and get through some of those chores. Another action step is to stop comparing yourself to the people and the lives you see on social media. I know this is a big one lately and a lot of people are talking about it, but it's because it's so important. It's not realistic. We all want to share only our best moments and highlights. So comparing your bad day to someone else's manufactured beautiful moment is not helping anyone. Create your own moments. Compare only to your own experiences and opportunities and truly fuck the rest. And lastly, start questioning and recognizing the positive and inspirational quotes that are plastered everywhere. Are they actually motivating? Do they inspire you to challenge yourself or are they promoting a blanket positivity only mentality? I'll create some journal prompts to help get you started and I will share them on the blog at whitestagco.ca. But for now, that's probably enough to get you pointed in the right direction. If you need a hand with it, I am always here for you. Feel free to reach out to me at hello at whitestagco.ca or message me at whitestagco on social media. And one last shameless plug, if you'd benefit more from having someone to guide you through the icky bits safely and as comfortably as possible, head to whitestagco.ca to set up a consultation. Thanks for listening, marinate on what we discussed today, and we'll talk soon.